0: PCC Multiverse. This is Gerald Glassroom. Come right back at you here from PCC Multiverse, of course, also known as the Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports, Fantasy Football, and of course, the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there. This is all of our great shows, and if you can, please give us that five star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, also like. Share, subscribe, subscribe to get the latest notifications on when we go live on the air with the latest pop culture cosmos or PCC Multiverse Plus. Also, as well, vampires and vitae. Of course, they have their latest season coming right out and right now for you. We're in the middle of it, so go ahead and check out all the action today for some great tabletop RPG gaming. Plus, also, all well, wizards and wine and all the things we do. R- <coughs> wow. And all the things that we do right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, because we are just so fantastic. We bring you the latest news and trends in pop culture each and every day right there at Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook, plus also our wonderful site, popculturecosmos.wordpress.com. But it wouldn't be a PCC Multiverse without my good friend. She is the fantastical co-creator of Vampires and Vite. And of course, she is the mastermind of Wizards and Wine. I hope she's not a squirrel, (laughs) but is a good friend indeed. She is, of course, everything that she does with us right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is Melinda Barkhouse Ross. And Melinda, this week, brought us July 4th, but also brought us something new in Las Vegas, where it has to be something new and something fancy. Now it's a big ball called The Sphere, In our Pop Culture Cosmos YouTube page, we actually have got the first opening minutes of it, courtesy of me. I was there. It looks really cool. Now nobody, well, actually whoever turned on the switch now has just not decided to turn it off. So it's doing all these fancy, cool things and weird things. It's another great thing coming to Vegas. Just another thing which will probably fade after over time, just be that ball thing here coming up very soon.
1: Yeah. and Well, I mean, everything to hype a thing up and then, you know, slowly let it fade. Well, you know, it's it's study. all about,
0: yeah, exactly. It's just all about what's being built next, what hotel is coming up next, what casino yeah. is coming up next. But I guess it's okay. Because, you know, you always have friends coming into town, Melinda, go say, hey, where's that big ball?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, not that you can't see it already from any point. You know, as you're looking at the strip, you can easily see it from just it, about every direction. So. But it
0: is cool. It's got the uh, whole digital imagery outside of it and also mm-hmm. inside. I know it'll debut as far as a concert venue later this year with U2. wish I could have enjoyed going to it because U2 is my all-time favorite band. But at the prices they were trying to get yeah. for it, unfortunately, I decided to go ahead and say, you know what? i'm good
1: yeah that's look that's my concern are all of the shows in there going to be that expensive because if that's the case it's only going to be for like the well-to-do tourists that come to town
0: <laughs> uh, i tell you because it's got it's very immersive on the inside and i'm mm. sure it's going to be fantastic so i hope to go ahead and check out a show inside the sphere just like outside of it because it's going to be very interesting to see but the video Ford is now available on the pop culture cosmos youtube page i hope everyone out there gets a chance to check it out to see what the hubbub here in vegas for the moment is all about but you know as i know it's only for a short time until the next thing in vegas comes along
1: yeah it's going to be that uh guitar shaped hotel i think is the next thing isn't it
0: yeah and then the baseball Baseball stadium stadium. Mm. yeah more hotels and casinos that are like Taking forever to build. Back in my day, or I should say, back in early two thousands, they would just build them up and be up in like a year, a little over a year. Now, some of these, due to project funding and, and just basically outright, uh, you know, back and forth stuff going on, legal mm-hmm. stuff, they take forever to build. So sort of like, you, you're like, outside the hotels and casinos that you already have, there's like several spots where it's like halfway building and whatnot, and you don't know when they're ever going to be finished.
1: Yeah, it, it seems like that's definitely the way it goes. I mean, I can remember when they started working on uh, Circa down in Fremont. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that didn't seem like it took too long to build, though, did it? No, because there, there was
0: motivation and completion mm. to do so, and it is actually the latest, I think, the most recent hotel to be really put out there. So, yeah, again... We'll be seeing more stuff coming to Vegas here soon. But the Sphere is up and running. And if you want to go ahead and check it out today, it is at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But we've got a great show lined up for everyone out there, Melinda. A lot of great things to talk about. Secret Invasion is all secret right now. I'm not sure if Melinda's a scroll or not. We'll find out on this episode. Plus also as well, Star Trek Strange New Worlds Season 2 is out as far as the first three episodes. And it's kind of strange. And I'll ask Melinda why that is, being our Star Trek expert. That's coming up here in a bit. But one of the biggest stories that we're going to talk about here in a second is also as well the box office and the concerns I have. Plus also threads. That's right, threads. Just what you needed in your life. Another social media outlet. And we'll go ahead and connect ours with the rest of the world here on the show as well. But first my friend it is the box office after the underwhelming performance of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny which is supposed to be the last Indiana Jones where Harrison Ford is attached kind of really sad to hear the news that it's not being resoundly seen for a series that Again, despite its up-and-down nature, has some really high highs, and has been a part of movie history with at least two of their great movies. It's very disappointing, though, that Dial of Destiny is not dialing up some good numbers. It does look like it's going to be a money loser because it cost almost $300 million to make. And unfortunately, it's going to be a bad sign going forward. For Indiana Jones, Disney, even though it is the box office leader to date this year, seemingly like it is every year, unfortunately has not had that many box office hits. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 didn't crack a billion, which should be of concern because it was the May, early May release. Uh, you had the situation with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. We've discussed on the show how bad it bombed after its first week initial pop. Uh, Elemental from Pixar, even though it actually has a steady following now, it had an extremely underwhelming first week, which I'm so sad for as far as for my friends at Pixar. So the box office right now, Disney aside, it's not just Disney. There are several movies. I mean, Warner Brothers has got nothing to crow about either after his, uh issues with Shazam and the flash. I could go on and on and on and on about all the failures here. And it's gotten to the point where with Barbie and Oppenheimer and also as well, mission impossible dead reckoning part one coming around the corner. They're actually, all of them are all the stars, Tom Cruise and Margot rock. They're all buying each other tickets to go see each other's movies Mm just so that they can show everybody to go see him at the movies. Your thoughts on the concern you have about going to the box office and going to the movies right now.
1: I I maybe and this is pure speculation because I have I don't have any data or anything like that to back it up but I think that the day and date Stuff where you they were just giving you uh, new movies on a streaming surface that you have, whether it was Max or Amazon Prime or or whatever. I think that that really worked for a lot of people. So now getting people, you know, crowbarring them out of the couch and and getting them out of the house, um, I think is going to take some really big ideas. And I just don't know that movie theater or movie companies um, are really delivering on that
0: and it is getting hard i mean tom cruise is trying very hard to get people out in the theater christopher nolan who is an avid supporter of the on-screen experience as well you know with tenet as we've talked about before which i thought was a pretty good movie it's sometimes it's a little hard to understand and i get that it may be a little long but still it was a blockbuster movie that underwhelmed at the box office because it came right in the middle of covid because nolan's existence on putting it out there when he did and you're right uh you know warner brothers especially the max when it was hbo max they decided to put out several movies Mm -hmm. out day and date onto the screen peacock has done that as well disney plus amazon prime they were all guilty of doing that but it was by necessity at that point in time because that's where your audience was going and trending toward to was streaming platforms now streaming platforms have kind of flatlined for the time being as far as adding in new viewership uh, for with several outlets and some actually losing subscribers so they're not being replaced though by people actually heading out to the theaters and that should be of great concern
1: yeah I, I agree and, and I'm one of those people I just haven't gotten back to the movie theater. Um, I, I personally find it cost prohibitive if I can get the same not same experience because it is a very different experience. But if I can get a movie at home versus getting ready and going to a movie theater and being there at a certain time, watching 37 different trailers, you know, getting popcorn that's far too expensive, I'm gonna opt to stay home every single time and uh, it, that's really unfortunate.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It is really unfortunate, and I see a lot of issues continuing for the movie industry going forward, and a lot of movies which, under normal circumstances, let's say circa 2018-2019, would normally... Do okay, like Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I think under normal circumstances, despite its lukewarm critical reception, I mm-hmm. think if this was put out in 2017, 2018, 2019, I think at least it would have broken even, all things concerned.
1: Sure, yeah. And, uh, you know, well, I think that there's other stuff, too, that that's not really helping the case for um, – showing us how much the the production companies and things like that believe in the movie for things like spend $35 at Applebee's and get two free tickets to go see the new Indiana Jones. Like that just screams to me, we're concerned that this movie isn't going to do well. We just want to get some butts and seats. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: perfect margarita and an app and you can go to the movie for free. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Make sure you include that margarita there. (laughs) I mean, priorities. (laughs) I enjoyed the movie tremendously. It's still the trailers, Melinda. Oh, Oh, okay. Too many margaritas. Sorry about that. (laughs) But I will say, though, I do have a little bit of concern going forward because we've had so many box office losers, which could mean in turn, as I financially fiscal savings because we've also seen movies that have cost a lot of money that headed to streaming like for instance a recent disney movie crater that was pulled off of disney plus's platform after seven weeks i think it was pulled off entirely and that was a movie that cost 50 million dollars to make so i see movies uh you know becoming a little bit more scarce as far as being put out there if they're not going to return on their investment
1: yeah, it really does feel like where there there's some kind of shift happening there, uh, in terms of audiences and their consumption of of the media. And I think that, um, you know, we, I don't know it if it's that we don't know what we want, and we're waiting for somebody to come along with the big idea and go, there it is, that's what I've been waiting for. Uh, when it comes to to going and seeing movies, I I don't know, I'm not sure if that's what. The, the general public is sitting and, and waiting on or if it's just I haven't seen a movie uh, that I'm interested in enough to leave my house and go to a movie theater and it's not because of you know any remnants of, of being concerned of uh, you know COVID concerns and, and things like that I think it really is just people got used to being home and a night out isn't nearly as exciting sounding as it used to be
0: and that's a shame because you know for many years decades you know it was the thing to do mm-hmm. uh, to go out enjoy the experience but as TVs get more high def as TVs get more 4K as TVs get to eventually 8K and more programming comes in 4K and 8K it's going to be harder and harder for these movie companies to go ahead and be able to position themselves to say hey it is so much of a better experience because you and i have gushed over dune part one and if you see it in 4k hdr on max yes it's not the imax experience but it's pretty dang good in its own
1: yeah maybe that's what it is maybe it's home theater systems just getting good enough that we're not you know we don't have we're not required to go Uh, to the movie theater to get that immersive experience. Because not only are TVs getting better, but they're also getting bigger and they're still staying staying reasonably affordable as they continue to to grow in size.
0: It's really getting harder and harder to go ahead and get people such as yourself out. I know Dune part two, we talked about Mm -hmm. on our last episode together about being that movie that could get you out the door and into it. But if it's going to take you until November to go see your first movie out this year, that's not—they're not doing their job. They're right. not doing their job at all.
1: Yeah, and and I do think that there's a there's a question of that uh, seemingly uh, like creative standstill right now that seems to be happening at still where so much is a is a remake or a do over or. sequel that nobody asked for or that nobody needed it just seems that a lot of those big ideas just aren't aren't really happening right now unfortunately and uh, I think that once that creative creativity comes back and they just stop serving us you know reheated leftovers um, then I think you may see people (laughs) also start to get back into the movie theater make it worth my time
0: For the latest news and information, analysis, and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the PCC Multiverse. It is Melinda Barkhouse-Ross and me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Truly appreciate it. I want to touch on something you said there in regards to reheated leftovers. So the many years that people have felt comfortable going to the movies and watching stuff that we've already seen as far as in a new way presented to you, movies from the past brought out with new characters and new actors and and things like that, as far as brought back out by the studio because they wanted to go ahead instead of going into with the new property, people feeling comfortable at, you know, and also as well, people being being comfortable with going to the movies to go seeing, uh, you know, the formula stuff, the the box office, you know, regular standbys like superhero movies in the past decade and a half, all seemingly as far as what Marvel's done, DC has done, and just the movies that you've seen as far as that that worked before, trying to be worked again. Your thoughts, though, on this that is it time that the the customer base the consumer base out there is 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 saying with their wallets and saying hey we want to see new stuff
1: well i think that that's kind of what we're experiencing and i don't know if it's going to be like a technology shift like i said of people just wanting to be able to stay home now that we have had a taste of, of uh you know release day happening both in theaters and on our tvs so the option is there for you to go see it in theaters um or if it really is just this seeming Seeming drought of really creative and interesting storytelling.
0: Well, it is becoming of great concern to me because the fact Mm -hmm. is, if you're not going out and going to see these films, that's a great part of what we talk about here. And we can only talk about, oh, this movie underperformed, underperformed so many times where people, uh, you know, even a show like ours, which is so heavily dependent on movies. Yes, we do streaming. We cover pro wrestling. We cover video games. We've covered other assets of the pop culture universe. But face it, Melinda, a lot of our successful shows, a lot of our successful audience, you know, as far as enjoying what we do, is based off of our talk and and conversations on movies, big box office movies that come out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, perhaps, uh, you know, shows a little bit like ours are, you know, seeing perhaps the trend right now that maybe Hollywood executives are missing. Um, I think people are talking with their wallets by not going to the movies. I I think that that's already happening. I think we're already asking for something different. We're already asking for more. And uh, they just, again, keep giving us, you know, refried beans and leftover meatloaf. I don't know.
0: Well, speaking of refried beans, Mm -hmm. uh, next week is one of the most important weeks of the year because Tom Cruise, who has been out there publicly, I don't want to say begging, but my gosh, he's sure trying to go ahead and, and do his best sell job on just going to the movie theaters and going back to the box office. But he does have a major box office movie coming out in Mission Impossible dead reckoning part one you know he's coming off of the great success last year with top gun maverick one of your favorite picks and i'm being facetious when i say that
1: i was fine with the movie i just don't understand why it was nominated for an oscar that makes no sense to me
0: (laughs) i'm just teasing you there but when it comes to what you're seeing with this and the, the hard pitch that he's making i do have great concern because the movie it just started coming out with the critical reaction to it. It right now has an 82 on Metacritic, which is a really good score for a A action-packed box office movie. And if that doesn't hit, if that fails to – if it underperforms or it fails to connect with an audience, what does that say? St- what does that say?
1: it's saying volumes and you know maybe part of it isn't just hollywood maybe trying to get people to go to the movie theaters and doing everything that they can like you know you have the big lazy boy and you can uh kind of kick back and you know get more comfortable like you would if you were home why don't i just stay home and save myself the 25 bucks you know if that's what the movie experience is turning into i i want to be uh maybe a little bit uncomfortable at the movie theater and uh you know having somebody kick the back of my chair that was all part of the movie going experience as awful as as that could be but maybe just they're asking too much and and all of these you know going above and beyond services are just convincing people why don't i just stay home man i can get myself a beer and i can have my own blanket and i'm already sitting in my lazy boy so
0: it's just weird though because again you also have the fact that with theaters yes it is becoming more expensive and it is like you said very cost prohibitive but they're trying to do what they can as far as building you better digital screens they're trying to build you recliners in many many theaters that are supposed to be in fact some cases too relaxing as i have fallen asleep on more than one occasion (laughs) on them as of late uh, in the not so recent years but uh I will say that they're trying their best in the theaters to go ahead and make it a better experience for you, but it does come at a cost, and I think that's the pushback from consumers out there.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and I, I think that there, that could be something that uh, perhaps movie theaters themselves look at. If Hollywood can get their act together and uh, the movie theater companies can uh, look at where their model is failing, because more often than not, I find and this is just experience from working in radio, what the public says they want is not necessarily what the public actually decides it wants. You know, so maybe the big, comfy, lazy boy, some people could have said, I want that, and perhaps that wasn't actually the answer and not actually what they should have gone for.
0: So how important to you and to me is Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1? Because I think it is very important that it needs to be a box office hit this time next week. I really yeah. think it is very very important.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And if if it if that is a, the big success like we we hope it will be, then I'm not saying that the next group of movies that should come out, the next phase of Hollywood stuff that comes out should be Mission Impossible inspired, but uh, you know, maybe that's an opportunity to to have a look at some of the stuff that's coming out. And I'm also not saying please put Tom Cruise in everything. I like the guy, but I don't want to see seven movies in a row starring Tom Cruise.
0: Oh, I don't think he will. I don't think he has enough, as far as doing all those stunts outside mm, of that. Yeah, but I want to ask you this though: when it comes to what you're seeing out there, there's also on the horizon a possible Screen Actors Guild strike. Yeah, there's already a writer's strike. You know, that's not helping Hollywood. You know, and their chance to come together on putting out great movies as well.
1: Yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of challenges uh, right now. It seems in Hollywood, and I think that. They need to get this stuff solved as soon as possible. Because I, I can also guarantee you that there is a section of the public who's like, oh, well, writers are on strike. I'm not going to consume that entertainment. There's absolutely a segment of the population that that believes that and, and reacts that way and, and uh, keeps their money in their wallet.
0: So I ask you, my friend, you know, if Dead Reckoning Part One does not hit with audiences next week, are we in really trouble? Is that sounding the alarm bells in Hollywood? Should that sound the alarm bells in Hollywood on what they need to do differently in order to bring back the audience to the theaters?
1: I think that the alarm bell should already be sounding in Hollywood. And even if this uh, Mission Impossible movie uh, does well, um, it's not, oh, thank God we, we got past that. It, I don't think that that's going to be the case. It's going to be, okay, we know that Mission Impossible... Movies and Tom Cruise traditionally do very well, so I think that it's uh, a part of that as well.
0: Well, I have some real concerns over what the future is going forward for the box mm-hmm. office. I, I know DJen is in our chat talking about how the free screenings, which in the past was a mainstay of actually getting people to start talking about that buzz, about that, yeah. that candor, about because social media during the last decade was a great way to generate buzz about a project one way or the other has that also been a backlash
1: as well maybe it's just not as exclusive and special feeling as it once was maybe those tickets are a little bit too easy to come by now you just sign up for a service basically and get it don't you
0: Isn't it something that's that easy? Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, You know, d is in our chat saying exactly that as far as, uh, you know, how easy it is to go ahead and get tickets free as far as to see advanced screenings. And, and then also as well, just to go ahead and check it out later on afterwards, you just have to wait back in the day, back in my day, (laughs) you had to go ahead and just wait, what, almost a year. Before it hit, you know, videotapes Mm. or DVDs. Now it's just you have to wait just a few months. Like, for instance, Super Mario Brothers, which may very well be the highest grossing film of the year, is already going to be out on Peacock next month.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... Uh, like it felt like it took ages for John Wick to uh, be- get to a point where you didn't need to rent or buy it in order to be able to watch it on a streaming service. That felt like it took ages and it was only a couple of months really.
0: That's going to be again of, of great concern. If mission impossible next week does not hit with audiences. Then afterwards, two weeks later on that, at the end of this month, you have Oppenheimer and Barbie in what I think is going to be one of the biggest box office battles of the year but that's also doesn't seem very mindset wise the right thing to do is putting two big movies against each other when you have so many open spaces in june and july and august
1: yeah i mean this this also could be uh, an indication that um we're at a point where the audience is far more sophisticated and we have much higher expectations so the reality could soon be that we need to have uh just for example a barbie movie and an oppenheimer movie going head to head every single weekend and we we need to have those big movies coming out every single week in order to get people back to the theaters don't give me those in between "Eh, oh might go see it might not or oh shoot i missed the first 30 minutes of that movie i'm going to go see this one i guess like that just doesn't seem to happen anymore
0: and Alan is also in our chat talking about how horror movies have a higher chance of succeeding in theaters mm-hmm. because the horror movies usually usually are on substantially lower budgets. So there is a higher chance yeah. of success. They don't have the kind of uh, run, or legs, that, that some of these other box office movies can have. But, you know, all they have to do is pop for a couple of weeks usually, and that's the ticket for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, maybe that's the answer. <laughs> maybe maybe you don't need to make a $250 million movie. Um, you just need to find a, a creative way to tell a story. And I think that the audience with the amount of uh, things that we're able to consume now and so easily, I think that the the audience could be a little bit more sophisticated and we could be just demanding more. And we're doing that by not going to see some of the, I'm going to use this word here and I don't mean it that all movies are terrible, but the drivel that seems to have been offered lately in theaters.
0: Excellent point. But I do have concerns what's going on right now with the box office. So does Melinda as well. If you have concerns over what's going on with the movies out there, I think next week is a very pivotal week for the movie industry for 2023 with Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part One. It's getting great reviews. There is no better opportunity for a movie to do well. Will it do well? We'll go ahead and discuss that also next week as, again, Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning comes out next week. I know Josh and I will talk about it as well. But if you have thoughts on the box office, please let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. Well, my friend, one half hour down, one half hour to go here in the PC Multiverse. Thanks so much for watching and listening. It is Melinda Barkhouse Ross, the mistress behind all that is tabletop RPG with vampires and Vitae. And also as well, Wizards and Wine. I can't do a thing here on camera here, but I can't do it for the audio listeners. Just cast Firebolt. Yeah, yeah, makes some type of magical sound. But it is Melinda Barkhouse Ross and me, Gerald Glossford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. Wanted to go ahead and talk a little bit about Meta's Threads because Meta's Threads did come out this week. And what is Meta's Meta's Threads? Well, over 30 million people joined up on the first day. It is Meta's, a.k.a. Facebook's, alternative or Instagram because, you know, Meta owns Facebook and Instagram. It is Instagram's alternative to Twitter which has been very much maligned over the past uh, year or so because of all the changes that were made and not approved or loved or appreciated or welcomed Mm -hmm. by a vast amount of audience, myself included. I have not liked the changes of Twitter at all. And I think as myself, that's why Threads is interesting to me. Uh, Your thoughts, though, on what's going on with the desire for people to look for alternative social media outlets because the backlash on twitter but also as well the fact is do we really need another social media outlet
1: well yeah i mean that that's the big question but you know like we saw with vine which gave us which you know led us into uh tiktok you know same kind of thing um it's just what's hot and what's not and is the new stuff um you know, worth checking out, worth signing up for, because there were a couple when uh, the Twitter deal with Musk first went through uh, that I went to check out as alternatives for, for both, actually all three of my Twitter accounts, my personal Mastodon account.
0: Mastodon and yeah. some others. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I checked out a lot of them and, and a lot of them just seemed overly complicated for, for no real reason. So honestly, my, my Twitter usage has driveled to just about nothing. I barely use it anymore. Um, and I just don't, I don't like that the, you can now buy yourself a check mark when before it felt like something that could be earned. And, uh, it actually kind of meant something on the platform. I know different colors mean different things now and and all of that, but it just is an overcomplication of it. And now that you have to like pay once you reach, reach a certain number of tweets that you can see in in the run of a day. I mean, come, come on. I'm, I understand that you need to, to make money, uh, as a company but i just don't know that punishing the people who've been using twitter for years now is is the right way to do it and that's what it feels like it does feel like a bit of a punishment um so i'm not surprised that people are you know searching out and and looking at other services and uh i think you know it's just a, another uh sign that uh zuckerberg can see an opportunity and capitalize on it i think that he kind of read the writing on the wall with what was happening with twitter and um now you know and other personal reasons between him and musk let's be honest but now i think yes. that uh, now they want to go to mma they want to beat each other up inside a ring yeah i you know by all means absolutely and uh, the winner has to give away their billions of dollars that's what i think should happen but you know to me and you how about I, that yeah you know I, I you know i would settle for 500 grand I, i'll take that much
0: uh, well, I will say that Threads has been out for a very short time. As uh, DJ points out, that it's already a replacement in, th- in Twitter for, in many ways, and that's already huge in the content creation streaming community. It earned 30 million, uh, I guess, individuals pointing out to it here as far as leaning towards it, entering it, uh, going ahead and attaching itself to it. So it's interesting to see how many people are flocking away right now from Twitter And using the pun there, but I will say on ourselves, we're already out there with the Lakers fast break on threads. And we're going to do so right here. I'm doing it as we speak for Pop Culture Cosmos. But what do you see for the future of social media? Do you see more and more entries coming in? I do, but, you know, it's just so hard to make one of them stick.
1: Yeah. And I think that that's, that's the magic in in the source code really is uh, it needs to be easy to use. It needs to be easy to log into. It needs to be easy to secure your account. All of that stuff uh, needs to be very, very simple for people to use. And uh, I need to be able to open it up, play with it for a minute or two, and then understand what I need to do as a user uh, to post, to see who I want to see, to find people to follow, all of that kind of stuff. And if that's not simple or if it's convoluted, uh, I'm going to lose interest really, really quickly.
0: You and I both, I because mean, there's just so many to deal with, you know, it's I, I kick myself all the time for not being more active on TikTok, but then I got to mm-hmm. deal with, fa- I like Facebook, but then there's, you know, I know I'm old fashioned when I say that, but that's just yep. the way I like it. You know, there's also Twitter, you've got uh, YouTube, you've got all these other different social media outlets, LinkedIn, you, you got so many other, I mean, each, you know, even before I go on this show, I have to type in like punching the to for us to go ahead and be on all these different streaming outlets. So it just takes so much time, and so much, you know. Oh, you got? Are you on this? Are you on that? Are you on this? Are you on that? Just to make sure that we're reaching to the largest audience possible. It's crazy, girl. It's crazy.
1: Yeah, it really is. And you know, as soon as you start to fall behind on what the newest, most popular stuff is, the the quicker you find yourself heading to. Or, you know, taking the exit to uh, irrelevancy. Irrelevancy?
0: And that's part of the problem right there, because if you fall behind, supposedly, you won't be able to keep up with everything and everybody will not be able to see what you have to offer, which I don't know if it's, it's, you know, that's the case. Uh, I don't know if that's not the case. It's just very hard to see whether or not you're actually doing yourself justice by being on all these platforms. I don't know if there's any proven formula as of yet.
1: Well, I think really um it comes down to the individual user. For for a lot of places, you know, Facebook still works for them and and the audience that they're reaching. Um they're for a lot of folks, um, Instagram, even though it is connected to Facebook, is the is where they have their biggest audience and and that's where they concentrate their efforts. And um I, I think that it just comes down to individual users and, and who they're trying to reach because each platform has a different demographic of people who use it the most. You can compare it to like in radio, right? You have your P1s, you have your P2s, and you have your P3s. So P1s are your primary listeners who will listen to you first before you go anywhere else. So I think that that's the same kind of situation that you get with social media. You have your P1 Facebook fans, you have your P1 Instagram fans, and each one is going to fall into a different demographic. So who are you trying to reach should be the first question that you ask yourself when you uh, start to look at all of these different platforms.
0: Well, I'm now on threads with Pop Culture Cosmos. We're there, we're live. We're now part of the thread scene. So I'm part I'm one of the cool kids now, Melinda.
1: What about vampires and vite? Huh? Yeah, uh, you're you're uh, way ahead of us, man. You're light years ahead of us.
0: Oh my <laughs> gosh. It took like 30 seconds to go ahead and do it. Just links up with your Instagram account. So if you got an Instagram account, you go to threads.net. You you just go ahead and you zap in the code or just go ahead and, and upload the app on your you know whatever your phone is that you want to go ahead and do it on you just go ahead you connect it to your instagram account and there you go you can make your own custom account if you want but yeah if you already have an instagram account it's just bing 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 and you're done so yeah at least setting up is really easy to do
1: i will say this about all of the meta stuff and it's not that i'm the biggest zuckerberg fan but what i like about it is I can go into the back back end of it and I can like your Facebook or your business Facebook stuff, right? Your meta thing that you have. Um, You can post to Facebook and Instagram uh, from the same thing. So I assume that Threads is going to be an additional offering there. So if I can open it up and I can publish to three places at one time and I don't have to keep going in and out of all of these different uh, apps and stuff like that. If it's just ease of use that you're looking for, then yeah i think it makes sense
0: i can't wait until we're able to go ahead and add in threads to our live feed and have that become part of the show right here at pop culture cosmos It's just another outlet for people to go ahead and check us out so i'm hoping that that's going to be the case still going forward i know instagram that's one of the the things i know instagram does live video and whatnot but also it's been a a little bit of a pain trying to connect them along with twitter and twitch and all that I mean, those parts are easy that connects to our software, but it's been not nicer and more convenient if Instagram and now threads makes it a lot easier for you to connect your live video with everything else.
1: Yeah, if you had one link that you could put into like OBS or or live stream or whatever, and Mm -hmm. um, you could just do one link that would send it to all three of those now Three, I guess, because you need right now
0: a third-party app to do it on yeah. Instagram, and it's just like another hassle. So I'm like, I only do it for special occasions yeah. because I just, it's just another step I have to do or jump uh, uh, a hoop I have to jump through. So yeah, it just again, please make it easier, make it you know just nicer for us, more convenient. It would mm-hmm. be great and much appreciated because it is another social media app that's out there. It is called Threads. If you want to learn more, threads.net and just scan in right there on your phone the QR code, or just go to Threads on your app and just install it. Again, you can just either make your own custom one, or if you just want to just import the information real quick from your Instagram account, it'll take up all the information, and boom, you're on Threads. That's pretty easy right there in itself.
1: And that is half the battle as far as I'm concerned.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's for sure. And just what we needed, another social media outlet. So go ahead and follow us today on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, Kick. that's another one that we're on, and also as well, Threads. Oh boy, I'm doing backflips as we speak. But tell us your thoughts with your disgust on Twitter? Has it led you to go ahead and sign up with threads? Are you not happy with where the direction is going with social media as a whole? I envy people that are not even on social media. That makes it so, you know, I go to mom and I say, thank you, mom. Why? Because you're not tweeting or Facebooking out there all the time. So I have to go ahead and say, you know what? Slow down, mom. I don't have to do that because mom is off social media and she's probably smarter for it.
1: Yeah, I think so. I've, you know, probably a little healthier too, to be honest.
0: Absolutely indeed. But yeah. what are your thoughts up there on the brand new Threads, which is out from the makers of Facebook and Instagram? It is now available wherever you get your social media. Please go ahead and let us know your thoughts and go ahead and hit us up. Follow us today on Threads, Pop Culture Cosmos, or excuse me, Pop underscore culture underscore cosmos at Threads and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. My friend, there's been so much great talk so far on this episode, but (sighs) Mm. I need some help from my Star Trek expert are you ready i'm ready yes okay i mean i hope i'm ready all right because star trek strange new worlds which season one i told you was one of the best tv shows of last year highly highly recommended by me season two is now out three episodes in four by the time you hear this three third episode okay first episode was kind of eh Okay. Well, first of all, okay, we've always talked about how good Anson Mount is. Yes, and you talked about, uh, you know, with the. I we, recently we had a conversation about him at the upcoming Star Trek convention and all that, and and, and you know we talked about how famous he is now and how what a waste that Marvel I put him in a situation where he has a character who cannot speak. Mm-hmm or literally speaks like one word every like half hour or in the case of his marvel cinematic universe debut got to say only one thing and had "Mm -hmm -hmm -hmm," and he blew his brains out uh right there i want to ask you this though the fact that they've misused him on marvel doesn't mean that they've misused him on star trek he's done a great job in the first season but First issue I have is Anson Mount has barely appeared in the first three episodes of the series. How irritating when the best character you have is not on screen.
1: Yeah, but also, I mean... It's, it's giving other cast members an opportunity to uh, have their characters carry an episode, which I think is healthy for a Star Trek series because you do need to, you know... flesh
0: these characters out, I get yeah, it. Yeah, and,
1: and you do need to get to a point where you really do love the head of security. So uh, any episode that features the head of security, you're going to be right there to watch it. You know, I, I do believe, and I will stand by uh, the fact that the, the captain is the core of the show and if you the captain is not likable then you're not going to have a very good star trek series I, that's what i've learned anyway as a star trek fan so um i think by not having him you know front and center in episodes it's giving us a chance to meet really meet the rest of the crew and uh, i i think that it's been interesting and i hope that that's what's going on i hope that there isn't some kind of behind the scenes drama with anson i know that there was some some stuff that happened uh with hell on wheels uh when Mm. that show was running and uh, i know that there were there was the big time delays because of contract negotiations there so i hope that we're not seeing a repeat of that kind of stuff uh with anson for star trek i really do though feel like that's what it is it really is uh, the, the runners of the show, giving us an opportunity to meet and really get to know uh, the rest of the cast members.
0: Djen says we interrupted him going to see the latest episode of Star Trek <laughs> Strange New Worlds. So we truly appreciate you going ahead and checking us out before you do. Uh, I do think though that one of the things I communicated to you when I talked about my review last year of season one is how much fun They appear to be having it; just emotes itself on screen, whether they like it or not. How about how much they like interacting with each other? And there's still the case from what I'm seeing here. It now looks more a little bit more like you know they're they're doing their job as opposed to what I saw last year. But it's still for the most part been okay. First episode was eh, all right. Second episode was absolutely. Tremendous. It was a court battle to go ahead and try to bring back number one, uh, back into the good graces of Starfleet. And I will say the performance of the lawyer, her lawyer on the show and the episode is absolutely fantastic. It is, uh, along with The Last of Us, probably the most well acted episode of television I have seen this year is absolutely fantastic. And I speak none higher of it. It's one of the best performances I've seen quite in quite some time. I, I think she did an outstanding performance. Number one, Rebecca Romain did a great job as well. But the basically, uh, the lawyer for her lawyer stole the show. Absolutely. I want to get her name here in a minute. And I'll go look that up. But episode three is where I'm having issues because it is a time travel episode. It gets us back to a Modern time frame, where once again they're relying on coming back to our time to save costs. Okay, right. Okay. Let's what in the end, yeah. let's call it what it is. Yeah. Star Trek is doing when they do these episodes to go come back to the modern times, i.e., season two of Picard, which we'd like to forget about. Mm. At least I would. You know, it's to save costs. In that case, also COVID as well. But whenever they do these kind of episodes where they time travel back to modern times you know, whatever it is, like circa 2023, in this case, Toronto, it is to save costs. And that's fine if you're telling a good story. And it kind of did, you know, it's the episode itself in, you know, as far as the, like you said, the head of security who is La Nunyan Singh played by Christina Chong. She was there along with a alternate universe, Captain James T. Kurt played by Paul Wesley, who I know this fan base out there. First off, this new James T. Kirk, what are your thoughts on him? And you know, is he doing it for you as far as playing a different version of James T. Kirk?
1: I think that he is. Um, I think he's doing a commendable job without doing a William Shatner impression, uh, and that's, that, that's that's what I appreciate about the performance. You so know, he's,
0: like, you don't you like the fact that he's not doing
1: this yeah he's he's not doing the the impression and i think that it's i think he's walking a very good line of doing um justice to to captain kirk and i think that he's getting some of the things right like the 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 way that he is his movement the way that he's sitting and and the when i remember watching the original series and and the way that uh you know, Shatner would play Kirk when Kirk was being pensive or thoughtful. I think that uh, you know, that this guy, Paul Wesley, I think that he's doing a, a good job of capturing those moments and that really if he goes any further than that he's just going to start to be accused of just trying to do a william shatner impression and i think that he's doing he's walking that line very very well and um you know you you've got to cat you've got to cut the guy a little bit of slack here because he's not william shatner so he's not going to give you william shatner as james t kirk he's going to give you his understanding and his uh point of view on the character well, I think doing a pretty good job of paying homage in, in the right moments uh, to Shatner. So that's that's how I've seen it anyway.
0: Well, I will say again that episode two absolutely hit on the mark. When it comes to episode three, they do time travel back. And it is, like I said, an enjoyable episode for the most part as they are thrown together to try and stop an event from being changed by, and spoilers here, I'm sorry. Can I spoil it a little bit?
1: Well, Let's I think say, we have to at this point. I, I'll be
0: I'll be broad. I'll be broad in my Yeah. It's being, you know, it's the usual tropes that you see in these time travel. Something is supposed to be changed in this episode that will alter the course of history and that's going to be really put out there as far as what they're going to be changing that will change the whole scope of of the future going forward and it's up to Kirk and and Singh to go ahead and be able to stop whatever's going on. So you, I, I ask you, my friend, uh, you know, when you hear this and and you see what's going on, is it really connecting with you? Okay, because the reason why I have a question at the end that's kind of kind of interesting. But when you hear what's going on, because I know episode three is you're still catching up to it, and you see that as a time travel thing. They've done the time travel thing before. Yeah. I think this was still. Okay to do, uh, you know, there's still enough freshness to it, I know some of their best episodes, especially from the original series dealt with time travel, your thoughts about when they go to time travel, do you just roll your eyes, or do you, you know, you are you still cool with them time traveling back?
1: No, I'm I'm cool with them time traveling back, and and I'm okay with them bending rules and and that kind of stuff. It, you know, it's like, uh, the the court episodes are always the incredibly interesting episodes, uh, for Star Trek. You know, Measure of a Man comes to mind. Um, so I I think that keeping that formula intact when you and I just wanted Duke... to
0: say Yatedi, uh Yitide Badaki, I think is her name. It's just absolutely killed it absolutely killed it in that second episode just wanted to go ahead and mention that okay again season one is incredible season two has been a little bit of a mixed bag but if you catch episode two it is well worth your time it is absolutely incredible star trek episode three is fun despite the many plot holes that it has and hopefully you will not be as disturbed by the changing con that i am seemingly but We'll see, and if you're a big Star Trek fan, please let us know your thoughts on Star Trek Strange New Worlds, new season two. Let us know. PopCultureCosmos at Yahoo.com. But my friend, before we head on out, can you believe Secret Invasion is already halfway done on Disney Plus? And when it comes to what you're seeing with Secret Invasion, are you happy or not happy with what you're seeing so far?
1: Well, let me put it this way. I keep forgetting <laughs> secret invasions i keep forgetting uh, i have watched the first episode and yeah it's just not top of mind for me right now and shame on me i'll get caught up and i keep doing things like going back and rewatching dune or i've gone back and i've rewatched. Uh, gosh i can't remember now oh i've caught up on the witcher it's one of those shows that i just keep forgetting about and it's because right now Aside from that, there's not a whole lot on Disney Plus, so there's not really a big reason for me to be in Disney Plus looking for something to watch, unless I need to get in my monthly quota of watching *The Emperor's New Groove*.
0: But I will say the biggest revelation is yet to come on that show, but everybody already sees it coming, so it's pretty predictable that's happened. Is Rhodey, who we all know is the war machine, the right hand man of Iron Man, is now he's the number two guy in the united states right behind the president and working as the president's uh, confidant and the guy who actually fires nick fury on the show from shield or whatever he's doing after you know nick fury came down from the space station to figure out what's going on as far as in his battle with the scrolls that he helped to get here and he was going to find them a new home I do like the motivation for the scrolls that are fighting against Nick Fury. Their motivation is absolutely well warranted because Nick Fury has failed in finding them a new home. But when it comes down to my friend, when it comes to Rhodes, Rhodey, there is the possibility that's been intimated, which everybody and their grandmother that's watching the episodes knows already. It's coming that Rhodey could be a scroll. Dun dun
1: dun. Well, you know what, though? If it's good Marvel writing, there's going to be some kind of twist there. And what's obvious will be made not so obvious, I think. Could be a thing.
0: Could be a thing. And they haven't revealed as of yet. They've hinted at it because Mm -hmm. of the dialogue between Nick Fury and others. There's, There's something that's a big giveaway that happens in his conversation that he intimates in this latest episode. That leads you to that conclusion. Uh, It's something that a lot of people had already speculated on, which Avengers are scrolls. So we'll see what happens uh, going forward. But it is very interesting to see The Secret Invasion. I don't get that same chills as I was hoping to get as I watched, of course, Captain America Winter Soldier, which is the best espionage movie of the past Mm. uh, 23 years. And that's even with the Bond films that have come out. I don't think there's been a better spy movie that's come out in the, you know, this century. And that's just my opinion and I'm sticking to it, but it's just getting a little of those vibes, but not quite obviously, you know, in the structure of a TV show, you can only do so much, but I'm hoping for the last three episodes to go ahead and really turn on the juice to go ahead and give me something juicy to think about and talk about here on the show.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I, uh, I, I mean, I always have big hopes for uh, these Marvel series, Um, and uh, I think it's—I think they're at their best when they can tie into uh, any new Marvel movies that are coming out. I just don't know that this is, uh, you know, the case with this particular series. But you know, that was always my favorite when you would go to the movies and you would catch, you know, a, a movie, and then you would see a result of something that happened in that movie play out. The next week on on S.H.I.E.L.D. That was so clever and it was so smart and it was such a good use of both mediums. And, uh you know, I, I missed that in the Marvel universe.
0: So, what are your thoughts out there on Secret Invasion? Three episodes in. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Halfway down, halfway to go. Already, it's only a six episode season, so it's already halfway done. Your thoughts on Secret Invasion? Let us know. PopcultureCosmos at yahoo.com. Thank you so much to Djan and Alan for being in the chat. Pop Culture Cosmos is truly appreciated.
1: Melinda, any last thoughts
0: before we head on out?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, season three of episode three for Vampires in Vitae, uh, taking place in the Wild West, that's going to be released on podcast platforms tomorrow, and it'll be released at like. 2 a.m. local time here in vegas so you'll have it you know nice and early 6 a.m. there on the east coast uh, or maybe it's 5 a.m. on the east coast but 6 a.m. atlantic time i always get it confused a little bit um and then uh you know of course our our live stream comes back to you on sunday kicking off right around uh, 1 30 pacific standard time so uh you get uh, the latest episode and then you get the live stream just a couple of days later if you just can't wait to find out what's going to happen next
0: well, d says that Wild West is his jam, so he'll be checking it out. And one question I leave to you, do you bite your husband in the neck?
1: That feels personal, Gerald.
0: No, I'm just saying it's hard. On the show!
1: On the show! No, no, nothing like that, no.
0: Okay, I hope not because, you know, he's the DM and you know got to keep going. Yeah, and I
1: don't have half the imagination that that guy has, so uh, I don't think that I could do that and then take his chair or anything like that, so.
0: All right, okay. Or the characters
1: I was talking about actually, you know? yeah i mean that- we had um in i think i remember if it was the yeah second episode uh we had a character uh who had a bestial failure on his rouse check and and that played out in the rest of the episode so um okay. you know dice rolls really do count in the show and sometimes what robbie has plans gets uh pretty sidetracked due to uh, how those dice rolls land and that was a really good example of it in episode two all right
0: so if you wanted to see melinda bite her husband on the neck figuratively <laughs> Go ahead and check it out today, vampires and beets. So from Melinda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day of paradise right here in the PCC Multiverse. We thank you for listening, and thank you, D J and Alan. Truly appreciate everyone else watching. Please subscribe and like what we're doing to get the latest notifications. I'm going to go live in the air with the latest pop culture cosmos. But here's hoping you have yourself a great.